Hello and welcome to the first ever Hartlepool United podcast um, here at the Super 6 Stadium and alongside me, Mark Simpson, is our Director of Football, Craig Hignett. Hello. Our Manager, Matthew Bates. Hello. And our Chief Executive, Mark Maguire. Hello. First ever podcast for me and I presume none of us around the table have ever done one. Do we know what we're doing? <laughs> I'm going to clear. But what we thought, we'd come up with a little schedule of things to talk about, Hartlepool related, football related. A little bit, you know, wider topics than just uh, linked to uh, the Teesside postcode and and just uh, see where it leads us. So, talking about Hartlepool United this week, it's the uh, sort of looking back on the FA Cup, I guess, first off. And Matthew, I guess, a good place to start the the draw down at Priestfield and a pretty good performance as well. No, it was, yeah, it was good considering we come off the back of three defeats in the league and uh, suspensions um, changed change the shape a little bit no, I, had a, I always had in my head regardless of the result probably I wanted to try four at the back I thought FA Cup tie was a perfect time in the season to do it um, and thankfully it worked quite well you know the, um, it sort off them a little bit I've read in the press this week like we, we high pressed them high press. no we certainly didn't do that we sat off them and we frustrated them and, and we managed a, a good result in the end the seventh clean sheet of the season as well which as a defender you must have been pleased with yeah, it is, especially off the back of the, you know, the four that we conceded at Bromley. It's, um, that was pleasing. Um, you know, being disappointed really in terms of defensively, we were outstanding uh, up until uh, Bromley. So now it's good to get that off our off our backs and get another clean sheet on the board. And Craig and Mark, I know you were both there as well. In fact, actually, it was, it was just as entertaining as watching the game as watching Mark watching football. Cause he's quite <laughs> up and down, isn't he? <laughs> he's up and down. He's. Um, He's a real handful, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure there'll be one or two grounds where we'll get filled in at some point. <laughs> Rex and we were close. Um, but I'm sure, you know, we've got, we've got some tricky ones coming up where if he carries on, there's every chance we're going to get filled in. <laughs> I was just looking for the calculator because obviously the FA Cup's got particular uh, resonance in there. <laughs> but the second round draw was already made, so we know that if we beat uh, Gillingham on Wednesday, we're going to be uh, away from home again. Is Would you have preferred to be at home, Mark? Is that what you would have liked in the second round? Don't care as long as we win. Um, <laughs> because, I mean, re- realistically, it's about progressing as far as we can. I think I said to I said to you earlier in the week that we're, we're going to do in England. We're going to get to the semi-final and be accused of not playing <laughs> playing any tough opposition, which would be fantastic, wouldn't it? And um, as far as we progress, I mean, I think without being boring, which is what I'm here for, um, the the reality is we didn't budget for any progression to anything we do as a bonus. Um, so home away whatever doesn't doesn't really matter at this stage it did look like it was going to be Sunderland at one stage in that draw didn't it because there was eight there was teams eight left, left wasn't there there was eight left and I thought that'd do us wouldn't it but I mean listen we're all talking here we've still got a tough game yeah. to play against against Gillingham on Wednesday That's it's not going to be easy because they I don't think they'll play well look this we made them play the way they did on Saturday but I, I think they'll come up here they'll know a bit more about yeah. us now they'll know what to expect mm-hmm. They might have took us a little bit easy, thinking we were non-league opposition, just going to roll over. But they've seen on Saturday that actually we were better than them. So they'll have a point to prove to come up here, and it'll be by no means an easy game, but one that I think you know we'll all be up for. And and the players, our players now know that they are as good as them, and and they can compete with them. So you know I think it's it's going to be a really tough game. And in the squad um, over the last couple of weeks or a week or two has been. Um James Butler and Tyrone O'Neill as well, and and on the outside, Lewis Hawkins has gone on loan to to York City as well. What were they thinking behind those moves? James, I think I've, I've already said it really, but James was one that we I went to watch him uh, for Kids Grove before we played them in the cup, 
Uh, I liked him really. I, I, he looked comfortable. He looked assured as a centre half. Um, defended well. Headed the ball well. And it was one that it worked. We had a, dis- a discussion. I, I spoke to Craig about it, and Craig and I said, "No, I'll watch him against our, in our game really and see what you think." And he did all right in our game. And it was one that we spoke to talk about. And you know, it's one that's not costing anything. He's, he's, he's on work experience, and we could have a close look at him. And look, he's he's not ready. I don't think he's ready at the moment to step straight in. That's. You know, we've got players ahead of him, he's only young, he's only 18 still, yeah. so it's one for the future. Um, but, but hopefully it works out, and if it doesn't, then we can say we had a look at him and give him an opportunity. Um, we'll just see how that one goes. Tyrone was one that, <coughs> he's been on the radar for a few weeks, spoke a couple of players at Middlesbrough about him. Uh, Jonathan Woodgate, who I know really well, spoke really, really highly of him a number of times. Um, and he certainly knows a player. So we well, haven't had him watched, would like him, a little bit different than, than what we've got. Um, and you know you see him when he came on against Gillingham he, he, for a young kid who that's his first. I know he's playing the checker trade for Middlesbrough, but you can't really class them as first team appearances, I don't think. Um, but I'm afraid he will. I know. It's like the England captain. It's yeah. out, really. And uh, you know, so it was his first real man's man's game, I'd say. And, and, he, and he came off the bench in it in, in a tough game. You know, when he's when he's on that bench and looking at the lads, how, how well they're doing. And, you know, you know, them them home fans on the on the on the on the home players' back, and, and he's come on and, and he's looked played with real confidence. He's held the ball up well. He's got good feet, and yeah. you know, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for you know what he can bring to the, to the squad. Hawksy was someone that <clears throat> hasn't had much game time through no fault of his own. Really, players that we brought in the summer. Um, you know, I love Hawksy. He's a, he's a great kid. I, I played with him. Matt coached him, managed him now, and he's he's one that always comes in, always on time, always trains really hard. Uh, and you know, just out of respect for him, really, he wanted to, to get games, and, and that's the reason he, he's um, he's at York, and I think he's doing quite well. So, so director of football, Craig, in your role in terms of the, the recruitment and things like that, how do you go about? It? So, your you know, what's a typical day in the office for you? Do you are you making phone calls? Are you watching clips? What what is it that's? <laughs> Can I answer this? Can I answer this? <laughs> <laughs> When, when, <laughs> when you're not throwing the ball for Bruno, when Natalie's throwing yeah. the ball for Bruno, what are you doing? No, I think it's just just trying to keep on top of things, but fielding calls from agents, letting you know who's available, um, speaking to the manager, knowing what he wants and what he's looking for, then planning for not so much January now, but certainly the summer, see what we need in the summer. Um, we'll have a good idea of, of where we're going and what we need. We've got a, we've got a plan that we're working to, we've got a vision if you like. Um, and everything's geared towards that. If if Matty needs a, a striker, he'll come and say, "I've seen this lad or this lad," or he'll say to me, "Have you got any strikers?" Or we and we'll go and, and we'll go through them and we'll work our way through, try and see as many clips and stuff as we can. And then if it comes to it, we we can talk to agents or I'll talk to agents and and see what we can do and hopefully get a deal over the line. So it was a busy summer in that respect. Um, it's a little bit quieter now because we've. We haven't spent all our money, but we've we're pretty much <laughs> tried to the limit. We're trying to earn some more to spend some more. Um, but that's listen, that's that's the day to day things, and there's there's other little bit bits with that. Obviously, the academy is is something we're looking at at the moment, and um, we're going to make improvements to that. Um, but there's anything football wise really comes under under my remit. I've got to say, for the first podcast, you've really made an effort. I don't know where you've got Thank some you so of the much. garments that you're wearing. Is it Larson Oil and Gas top that you're wearing from like Yeah, well, I thought I'd bring, bring a bit of retro. 
Uh, mixed with absolutely bang up to date current, so the scarf is current, and it's something that we'd love to sell more of in the shop. <laughs> and it's available now. Uh, talk to the shop, obviously, we've made the announcement this week about the poppy shirts, Mark, and, yeah. and they've gone on sale, and it's been an astonishing response, hasn't it? It's gone bananas, yeah, absolutely. It's been incredible, really. So we, we sort of ummed and ahed about it because we, we, we didn't want to necessarily capitalise on on the good cause that it was um, originally um, created for but obviously the demand was there we're going to be making a donation to charity as a result of all of the sales and the response has been just ridiculous really so uh, I think there's Becky there printing out copies of orders as we speak and the piles higher than so we've got a bit of a competition going to see if we can uh, sell more in in those shirts than we earn from our FA Cup run so the challenge is out there to, uh, to Matty to see who wins that one um, we'll probably earn more than BT are going to pay us to come and film the game on Sunday but uh, looking ahead to it in the morning game um, what, 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 you know a chance to impress in front of the cameras and for some of the lads in the squad the, the players you've brought in it'll probably be their first time in a, in a live game how will that affect them do you feel? Well, I, can only, I don't know really I can only say what I it didn't really affect me as a player I think Craig will probably say the same you don't you know, part of the build up you do you, 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 you know the cameras are there uh, you know, people are going to be watching you, but once it's once it's started, you're, uh, you know, you don't you don't see them, you don't think about it. So no, we're not really worried about that. But like going back to the actual game, I think you know we need to get back to winning ways. There's no um, there's no other way to say it really. You know, we've off the back of three defeats, we're back at home against a, a Barnet are doing okay. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a tough game, but you know we need to get back to winning ways, <coughs> especially at home, and, and we've got. Some good fixtures coming up. You know, you look at the next six fixtures. You know, they're all winnable games. So, um, no, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to everyone to Christmas. Are we going to find any haircuts? Any what haircuts? Haircut, any TV haircuts? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to find. Oh, Should God, be yeah. automatic. Some of the likely candidates. Who's likely to do a haircut? Only one likely. Only one likely. Just to do a special. <laughs> <laughs> Surely a sensible one. Yeah, <laughs> sensible. Not in his vocabulary. That is sensible. <laughs> Um, in terms of coming to the games, you talk about the home form, and, and we want as many fans behind the team as possible. The half-season ticket deals announced this week, and you know, good value for fans who want to come along. Both in terms of from now picking the ten out of fourteen deal, yeah. the flexi card option, or the half-season ticket, which starts on New Year's Day. So, yeah, it's something we've been working on for a little bit, and we wanted to do something a little bit different um, because it, I think you've got to recognise in in the modern world a lot of people have to work Saturdays a lot of people have got commitments beyond beyond coming to the, the football on a Saturday so we, we've tried to introduce a bit of flexibility which allows people to take advantage of a, a better offer than if they pay game by game um, but at the same time protects the integrity of the season ticket offer which you know they're our mainstay the people who fork out for a season ticket every year um, but people can pick 10 out of the 14 remaining games and hopefully get behind us and it's huge I mean every every extra ticket that we sell like that is, is massive in terms of the progression of the club and without going into a boring spiel about that I think it's it's massive to us so anybody that can pick one up fantastic and hopefully it suits suits people's lifestyles and they can get behind us I guess in, in, in relative terms the, the takeover and the new regime is, is, is still really young isn't it have you been happy with the way things have progressed both it's been unbelievable hasn't it yeah I think the turnaround has been <clears throat> quicker than we thought it was going to be we, we knew there was a lot of lot of things behind the scenes that we'd we'd find once we got in and, and that has been the case but you know in terms of uh, of the people in the jobs I mean Mark's been a massive help Matty's been great in his role and everyone's open and upfront and honest and you know I didn't mention you there Mark 
Um, <laughs> I noticed You know, there's all, you always get a couple of stragglers. <laughs> and you try and drag them along with you. And that's hopefully what we're going to do with you eventually. <laughs> but it's, it has been really good and, and we've been really surprised. What we do need is we need, you know, when we do have a little lull, like we're having a little, we've, like Matty said, we've lost the last three league games. It's a blip for us. Um, but we still need the fans to be behind us. Our home form isn't what we want it to be yet. Um, but that'll take time and, and it'll take time to build a team that is going gonna, is gonna to get us out of this league. But we feel that at this present moment in time, the players that we've got, we, we've still got a chance of doing it. And, and we need them to stick behind us right away. Whether we're going through a bad time or not, we need them to stick behind us. Because in this league, you win three or four games on the spin. You're right back up there and in the mix again. Um, so that's... From that point of view, it's it's been really good. But overall, I think you know we've all witnessed the change in the club and, and the change in the atmosphere around the club, which has been really pleasing. I think realistically, we we internally we talk about it's going to take eighteen months to make a real difference to the football club as a whole, and that means the boring off the pitch stuff as well. And but everything gets judged by by what goes out on on the park, obviously. But I think again, what all we can do is commit to say it's going to take a while to get where we really want to go. But when we have blips like we did at Romley, that there's an honesty and an openness about it. So we all have the conversations that need to be had about what we need to do to help improve, and we just deal with it. And there's not hiding in corners when we have a bad day. It's about working together to improve it, and that's the case off the pitch. It's the case to do with the football side of things, and I think it's a brilliant environment for that. And and so patience is is asked for too much from fans, maybe, but. The realistic um, situation here is it's going to take a period of time to get rid of all of those old issues and, and without the lawyer here, Craig's best to speak about those because he gets away with it. But there's so much that we're dealing with day to day which either inhibit Matty or don't, or, but, but we, we've got to address those things and we'll have a clean business within 12 months and then kick on from there. But the progress made is almost causes a problem because when you win a few games at the start of the season and you find yourself higher than you thought you would, when you make progress quicker off the pitch than you thought you would, then that creates expectation, which in some ways is the worst thing you can do in football, because anything beyond that is or below that's a disappointment. Um, but we'll keep measured about it, and we'll make progress over a period of time. Again, being boring. He's good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Famous for it. Rodney, still Rodney. So one of the features for the podcast we, we thought about was, um, you know, everyone talks about moments of sheer brilliance, um, but we thought about what, are the, what about those moments that were almost that good <laughs> and then turned out to be just a little bit rubbish in the end. So we call it moments of near brilliance. Um, and, and lads, you've played the game probably more than me and Mark. So uh, was the moments in your career that you, you look back on and you think, oh my God, that was nearly... Absolutely unbelievable. I was just going to say whole city. <laughs> <laughs> That's my bit, anyway. Can you go into a bit more detail? No. <laughs> uh, I have. I've got one. If we played Derby, Derby right. at home when I was at Middlesbrough, and the game finished six-one to, to us. Um, I think Ravenel scored a hat trick, and there was a, a bit in that game where I nearly scored the best goal that's probably ever been scored. <laughs> ever. Ever in, in the history of the world. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was on the edge of the box, defending a corner, 
and the corner got cleared and it come to me and the lad on the edge of the box who was ne next to me come running at me and I like you know one of them back flicks that you do and you flick it over your head and it goes over his head well okay. you'll just have to watch that mate Pelé will probably show you how to do that or something well I'd done that on the edge of the box and then went off running and I ran the full length of the pitch went past two players got to the edge of the box sidestepped the last defender so I've only got the keeper to beat and in my mind I'm thinking just chip him it'll be the best goal ever so I chipped the keeper instead of just rolling it either side of him I think it was 4-0 at the time I chipped the keeper and he just sat, stood and watched it hit the bar and come back into his hands <laughs> I'd have hit the net I'd have still been running now about 15 years later so, what did you do then? What was... I was just thinking to myself what a nugget you should have just rolled it either side but as I was running with the ball I could see in my mind what was going to happen so I thought I'm going to sidestep him and that'll be me then and it looked brilliant if I just chipped the keeper and, and so I did that and the keeper just, he was rooted and the ball just hit the bar and come straight back into his hands and no one's ever mentioned that ever even after the game no one ever said you it you can't find it online no I've been looking for it all week. <laughs> <laughs> it's not there I think everyone forgets it because we won 6-1 yeah so lost was, in the goals I was devastated there was another overhead kick I'd done in a reserve game edge of the box it was like um, I caught the ball so sweet but it, I caught it that sweet it just went flying straight at the keeper who caught it <laughs> I, I, it was unbelievable how the keeper was in that position right in the middle of the goal it, I, I was on the edge of the box and I've gone big overhead kick and I've caught this ball as sweet as you want and I've thought well that's in as soon as you hit it because I, I, it was like a rocket but it was a rocket straight at the keeper who just stood there and caught <laughs> it nothing <laughs> Um, that sums up my how, life. Can, how can I follow that? <laughs> I had, I had I some nil nil draws. No draws. I was nearly scored. We nearly scored. I think there is one in your career. Well, well, I've seen in your Hartlepool career, right? And it, it came on the last day of the season at Carlisle, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you almost scored one of the most ridiculous Hartlepool goals of all time, didn't he? He fit for the last day of the season. <laughs> <laughs> He's not only on holiday. <laughs> He's looking for the contract. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, you t t talk us through it because that was the day that every, we were obviously yeah, so, safe. Yeah, but so lead up to the day, we, 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 you weren't there, you weren't on the bus, were you? The bus broke. The bus no, broke I down. drove past the bus. You drove past the bus and left us. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So the last day of the season, we just won at home. Didn't we beat before? Who was that again? Sorry, my hands gone blank. Uh, we beat Exeter. Exeter at home to stay up, didn't we? So um, on the way down, we broke down the bus. But we're all saying the bus. Imagine if that was if we hadn't beat Exeter and that we went down last day. Last game because we, we were talking about it the other day, I think. I yeah, know, yeah. And they wouldn't have been able to delay the kickoff, would no, they? Because of, cause it was the last day, everyone last day, had to kick, kick off. off at the same time. So we literally got there, no exaggeration, must have been 20 minutes for a kickoff, I think. Straight out, straight for a 10 minute warm up, back in. <coughs> Started the game terribly, didn't we? We were 3 0 down at half time. I remember Swings actually, I was talking to Swings about it because Swings was playing for Carlisle at the time. Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, and we come back out, I don't know what the score was at the time, I think it might have been 3 all at the time to be honest because we came it was, it was, it could have been the winner yeah, it was like last 10 minutes of the game I think if I'm right and the balls, I think was uh, the balls were cleared from, I think the cross came and the keepers punched it and he, their keepers punched it in the box it's coming like almost a the centre circle um, and I'm just trying to get in front of the defender really I got in front of him, he was flat footed the strike so I got in front of him, took it on my chest and I just hit this shot on the volley it was just 
don't know where it come from. I've never done one in my life before. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's just natural. It's like, it was funny because it was like last day of the season. Yeah. The fans, it was a euphoric day really because we stayed up. So I've hit it. Must have been from forty yards, forty-five yards, and I thought it was going in. It was going. It was going in, and for whatever reason, the keepers managed to get back and just, just about tipped it over. And that was it. It's like <laughs> it's like Craig's really it's never been mentioned since. Then. By myself. So I think it was in the commentary. Uh, <laughs> so is it defensive clearance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's playing for time. Happy with a 3 3 and thought that. Just get rid. Yeah. <laughs> that, that day at Carlisle, usually, obviously, before a game, the manager and the captain will go in and exchange the team yeah. sheets. <laughs> I went in and exchanged the team sheets for Hartlepool. Because the one score you were on the 866. Did he ask you which one you were? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what it was? It was thankfully, it was the referee's uh, last game. It was, it was the referee that day. Uh, we'd had him regularly I can't remember his name now he's gone out on the top of my head but it, it was only because it was his last day I think he let us get away with it you know it was like oh yeah whatever and Colin West was their assistant manager I knew as well so he was okay with it but other than that it was a bit weird um, so yeah moments of, um, of of near brilliance and if anyone uh, listening at home by the way has got a moment of near brilliance whether it's a football or whether it's in something to do another walk of life if you've had a moment of near brilliance then do send them in because we'll try and get regular moments of near brilliance what about we'll yours I haven't had really a moment of near but I tell you what when I was in the junior school didn't you go away uh, in a stag do once <laughs> <laughs> That was a moment of near brilliance, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I can't remember. In the junior school, I used to be able to play football, but then when I got to the senior school, I wasn't very good. And then I just went on stag do's after that. Your, what about your um, your cricketing one? <laughs> what, 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 a fellow? Yeah. <laughs> Just rename this section Hammer I retired from cricket because um, I wasn't physically suited for it anymore. And um, I made a brief comeback, and unfortunately, one of my friends was filming at the time, and I bowled, um, and I bowled four overs of largely rubbish, but managed to stay on my feet until the last ball, which um, I ended up flat on my face halfway down the pitch, and my mate was filming it, uh, which was nice. But the, the fight to try and stay on your feet. <laughs> yeah, I, unbelievable. I only went down because the batsman was going, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Right, excellent. So, as I say, moments of neighbourhood, if you've got anything, or if you've got an, an embarrassing moment about me, perhaps, then send it in to media oh, at oh. Hartley Pool United. Where do I send it? <laughs> Unless you're on that stag do, don't send it in to media at Hartley Pool United. .co.uk. But if you send them in, we'll include the best ones uh, in the next broadcast. We'll try and do these quite regularly, so do send them in. Or if you've got any other questions, in fairness, for, for anyone here on the table, if you've got a question, then we'll try and discuss them um, in the near future. Hugo! So moving on, we thought we'd look at the issues in the, the, the wider sort of world in terms of football and, and I guess some of the main topics uh, in the last couple of weeks we can look at. Uh, so this, this issue with uh, Raheem Sterling the other week when he, 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 he kicked the ground and fell over and the referee gave him a, a Champions League penalty. Now, I think there's probably d opinions are divided around the table. Craig, should he, should he have got to his feet and told the referee? No. No, I, I think that's... 
that's something that how far do you go with it so yeah. if a defender goes and, and clips a player and he doesn't get a penalty does he then go to the ref and say well actually I did clip him it is a penalty I think the referee has made a mistake and it's up to the referee mm-hmm. to sort that out it's not up to Raheem to go and say actually I kicked the floor um, I'm, I'm with Sterling there I don't think you should get involved in that at all I think that's the referee's mistake um, and it, it's up to whoever's marking the referee yeah. the, the assessor if you like to, uh, to sort it out not Raheem I mean what would you think so, so Sunday you know someone's gone through on goal and a similar thing happens and, and they turn around and, and say to the referee actually that's not a penalty what, what are you thinking in the dugout uh, <laughs> some of them off <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm with Craig on it I'm with Craig and I was listening to talk sport about it uh, last week about it on the, on the topic and someone made a great point I can't remember it was and he said if that had been the semi-final of the World Cup and the same player and he was in the box and he got we got a penalty against Croatia in the semi-final and turned around and said the referee no actually I didn't get I didn't get clipped you know what would have happened then um, <laughs> Bruno has just spotted the art, art, art work of the tunnel and now thinks it is actually the uh, players tunnel doesn't he, he, he going to go out there <laughs> <laughs> it's on the wall in the press room we've got a, a life-size um, artistic impression of the players tunnel looking out onto the uh, pitch Bruno is massively confused <laughs> Craig's dog <laughs> Sorry, Betsy. Yeah, so you know, if you you take the same incident in the in the semi final of the World Cup for England, and he turned around and said it wasn't a penalty, um, we didn't, and, and the referee had reversed the decision, they'd be Helen, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, I think people jumped on the bandwagon because it ended up being an easy game for Man City, so it's easy saying that. Oh, but he should have held his hands up, but you know, you gotta. You can't just take it for that for that instance. Do, do you have a contrary opinion, Mark? Because last yeah, week when, yeah, yeah, when I you do. spoke about it, you yeah, thought. It was... I, I think I do. I mean, maybe it's easier having not played the game at any level um, to to have kind of a more idealistic view of it. But I think I think there's a difference um, between the marginal decision which Craig decides of. Uh, of a, a foul by a defender in the area and, and a blatant nobody near him tripping over that happened to yeah. Raheem Sterling. I also think from the lad's point of view, with all of the grief that he's had, there was great opportunity for him to kind of get rid of all of that rubbish that's been surrounding him in recent months, um, to stand up and do what a couple of players have done before. Paolo Di Canio didn't do him any harm when he caught the ball when he could have scored. Robbie Fowler didn't do him any harm when he told yeah. the referee a mistake was made. So I, I, I just don't think it would have done any harm. And I'm, I'm a believer in karma without getting too deep. And I think, you know, it, it's something that occasionally when it's as blatant and obvious as that, it's very different to these marginal decisions and I think that it would have been a decent thing and a reasonable thing for him to have admitted to and I wouldn't have criticised him as a player. Yeah, that Robbie Fowler thing, I've just had a look at that. was 21 years ago now, was it? Oh, yeah. scary. That was David Seaman in goal, but yeah. McAteer scored the rebound from the penalty, didn't he? When He, he did, yeah. Yeah, so. um, yeah the, the other talking point, um, tonight, we're recording this on the Thursday, tonight England uh, are playing... Um, America at Wembley and uh, Wayne Rooney is going to win his 120th cap there's some people have been very outspoken about it I don't think Peter Shilton who's the, oh, the yeah. record cap holder is very happy about it it's oh, not like he's fan? got an agenda though is it <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's been moaning ever since he got near 115 caps he's been trying to drop him I think that's annoyed me more than anything else in football in the last few years so Peter Shilton coming out of nowhere to criticise Wayne Rooney bloody hell I don't know so yeah he's got an agenda so I forget him yeah alright okay well I mean are we, are we okay with it though by and large Rooney 
coming out of retirement for one game only? Well, he's not retired, is he? He's still playing. Uh, I'm a bit... I don't know, really. I'm, I'm a bit sat on the fence with it a little bit. I think he's been a, an unbelievable player. He's been a great England player. Obviously, our record goal scorer. And, and he should be... Um, quite rightly, he, should, he is a legend of, of our game. Um, is he good enough to play for England now? Probably not. Is there someone else who should be playing for it, for England? Yeah, so I, I'll look at it two ways. It's it's a great it's a great thing that the FA are doing for him and, and for his foundation, um, and that's brilliant. Um, and I, I certainly don't begrudge Wayne another cap at all. Um, but there is, you know, you, you've set a marker down now yeah. for for things in the future as well. So you know, if if David Beckham retirement one more time, would we then give him a game for his? You know, it's it's hard. It's yeah. it's one of them. I, I, but like I say, I don't begrudge Wayne yeah. the last cap at all. I, I just can't, I can't believe the the criticism the fellas had over the years. I think mm, it's an absolute disgrace yeah, to is. one of the greatest footballers we've ever had for the goals he's scored, for the caps he's had. For everybody seems to want to take every opportunity to hammer him. And I think in ten years' time, people will look back on Wayne Rooney as the player he was and think, bloody hell. He was something special, and I think it's. I've I've seen. Listen, I'm not a fan of any of the teams that he's played for. Um, I'm a fan of England. I've seen some of the performances for Man United and for England live, and he he was an unbelievable player. And I think to begrudge somebody who's achieved as much as he has for for the country, 20 minutes of football against the United States, which coincidentally is helpful for the FA in terms of the relationship and the fact that he's a big name over there now can do no harm whatsoever and why begrudge him it because he deserves a reasonable send-off I think after all the rubbish that he's had to put up with Oh absolutely I mean his record stands up doesn't he he's the record goal scorer 53 goals he scored basically I mean like Mark said there in 10 years time you'll be wishing he was still playing and, and, and probably looking back thinking you know what I'm glad he had that we had that time to celebrate what he did for his country Yeah I, I don't I, I honestly don't see the problem with it I really don't I think that he just taught him he's got a not presentations but he's had a chat with all the young players there and had meetings and like uh, you know, discussing his his England career, uh, and you know, for these young lads, you look at the Sancho, the top of my head, who's coming from Dortmund to have Wayne Rooney, who's had a hundred, this would be hundred nineteen caps, hundred twentieth coming up. You know, it's inspirational, you know, for the for these young players. And I really, really, really do not see the problem with it. I, yeah. I think it's a, you know, like Craig said, it's just press, set a present a little bit now. So you know, when the next person retires, uh, they're going to do that. And when when's the cap? If they get over hundred appearances, they get a send off. You know, I think if correct if I'm wrong, I think David Silva's doing one, isn't he, with um, Spain? With Spain, great. And I, 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 and I, uh, I just think they should give him six more to piss Peter Shilton. <laughs> 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 and if you're listening, Peter, yeah. very good. Very good. <laughs> um, talking of send-offs, the final topic I thought we could probably touch on is uh, Richard Scudamore's send-off from the Premier League. Unbelievable. This. Um, now, you know, when people leave here, they get a card and maybe sometimes a cake, yeah. um, regardless of how well they've done in their jobs, I guess. But Richard Scudamore has done so well that the Premier League's uh, top body think that they should be giving him a bonus and that the clubs should pay for it. Now, where do we stand on this? He's going to get a £5 million gift package and the clubs are due to vote on whether they're going to put a quarter of a million each towards it. Where are we standing on this uh, subject? That Richard was, was half a man, he'd give it to grassroots football. Yeah. He's, he's been unbelievably well paid, he's done a great job, but it's his job. So, you know, when, when I retired from football, I didn't see all the clubs I'd played for 
clubbing together and saying, there you go. Um, the ones I was rubbish for probably wouldn't anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the ones I was after... But the one that was... Actually, Aberdeen have been on there. But it's, it, I think it's unbelievable. And, and for them to say, we're going to give him this payoff, but you're going to pay for it. Well, you're not giving him the send-off, are you? You're not paying for him. Um, I, th- I think it's it's nonsense, the whole thing. What was he getting, two and a half million quid a year? Was that his wage? I think that's not a bad wage for what he's I doing. think it's a little bit unfair to him because I, I think he's come out and says he's embarrassed about it. Yeah. Are we got to, uh, you know, we're all in the game. We understand, uh, we're going to move on to the Mythbuster next, aren't we? I mean, we all understand that some things you read is a little yeah. rubbish. And, and I can't, for one minute, I don't know the man, but I can't imagine he's going to be going. He's, he was his idea to say, that's half a 250 yeah. grand from every club. It was the Chelsea chairman. Chelsea chairman. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's bizarre. It's, uh, I, I agree with Matty. I think it's 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 done him no favours whatsoever no. that it's gone public and I think it, it just shows from whoever suggested it and whoever voted it whoever put it in the public domain it just shows a total lack of a grip of reality with what the real situation in the rest of football is and going back to what Craig says all you have to think about is what that five million quid would do for grassroots football um, even levels below this forget us forget League North and South what what five million quid could do for clubs and infrastructure and it's just it's a bit obscene really in terms of the amount of money Just playing devil's advocate for a second though is it is it not to say you know he's done such good work with the Premier League over the years that these clubs have gained so much revenue down to the deals that he's put in place. Is it but almost be, like it'll, a tip? For but it'll be on. But it'll be job? on. It'll be on. There's absolutely no doubt that if he's got a two and a half million quid, and I don't know, as, as Matty says, it might be falsely reported. But let's assume for a second that it's correct that he's on two and a half million quid a year. Then he will have been on a bonus scheme for yeah. that. He'll have probably been linked to the rights that he bought in, so he'll probably have benefited from that. And having retired after such a period of time, he'll be on a notice period where there'll be a significant payoff. So. He's done all right, probably. And is it? In, uh, is it and he's in, earned it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, by the way, he can go and work again. Yeah, wants to. Absolutely. Back yeah. in, he can go. Yeah. And the job he'll get isn't going to be a, a a cheap paying job. He's not going to go and work for fifteen grand a year at Tesco's, is he? He's going to yeah. get another high profile job somewhere else. Before he, he, the Sky wasn't around when he came, and I read about as well. The Sky Sky coming after him. Right. Yeah. So it's not him who's got the money. It is, if you like. No, he's, he's done a good job. Don't take that away from him. No, he's done a very good job. But you know. He's been really well paid for the job he's done now. Yeah. And it's there! It's a goal scored direct from the corner, and I think it's Brian Honor who swung that ball in from the corner, direct from the corner. So the final item on our podcast today, we're going to do, um, and we'll try and make this a, a regular feature, and again, if anyone sees any myths on the internet, or any rumours on the internet that they think, that can't be true, send them in, we'll discuss them, we're happy to do so, media at hartlepoolunited.co.uk, send them in, but we've looked at the message boards, we look at social media, and some of the things that are suggested from time to time do make us smile, I guess. Um, one of the ones that makes me smile and makes me a little bit irate at the same time is this Luke Williams stuff that's going on at the moment. And Luke Williams signed, there was like a, a real fanfare about it, wasn't there? I mean, let's mm. be honest, if he gets to fitness, you know, in the next few weeks, he's going to be one of the best players in the National League. We hear things on the on the social media forums about, you know, he wasn't fit when he signed, he only signed because he's Batesy's mate, or he's from Middlesbrough and we only sign ex-Middlesbrough players, I mean... I think the thing, the thing that, and the boys will talk about the the reality behind Luke and what's happened with him in a moment. But I think the thing that probably winds me up in the same way it does yourself is is it is suggestions that, for example, he didn't have a medical and that he was only employed because he was someone's mate. Kind of questions the integrity of 
of the way we operate the club. And so I think the chair, the chairman's come in, he's invested a significant amount of money to clear up a right old mess from before and will, on an ongoing basis, invest proper money into the club. And he challenges myself and, and Craig to run the business on a day-to-day basis efficiently and in his interests. And for us to even consider allowing clumsy, careless, stupid op- uh, ways of working like that would, would mean that we'd be out the door pretty bloody quickly. And, and so you know, we're, we're trying to create and will create a professional environment here where every decision we make, as Craig said earlier on, is, is there's an openness and an honesty about it and we challenge each other and we'll talk about everything in detail. And if we need to let's say, take a risk on signing a player, we'll do so in a very, very measured fashion. And so every single player has a proper medical procedure, um, goes through a rigorous medical Everything in terms of what we agree with them, wages-wise and, and contract-length-wise, and is measured against the risk of the player, the history of the player, the ability the player brings to the table, and is, is decided on merit amongst a group of people, and certainly on my watch, and I know I'm saying the same for Craig, and I know Matty, will always be the case. We'll always make proper decisions in the best interest of the club, and I think the fanfare at the time when Luke signed says it all. The fact that he's been a bit unlucky... Is, is exactly that and, and it's just a bit frustrating when some rubbish is put out there to the contrary. Because we worked hard, didn't we? What was he in training three or four weeks with no problems whatsoever and I know that you were beavering away, both of you, Craig and Matthew, trying to get them to, you know, to get the deal well, done. Listen, when a player like him becomes available, you do everything you can to get him. I believe he'll be the best player in the league by a mile and I think people who've seen him the first time around here would agree with me. He was unplayable in League Two um, in this league, I'd hate to think what he'd do to it once he's fit. Um, the unfortunate thing was, Matty, we, we invited him into train just to keep him fit because we were sure he was going to go into a League One club. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't happen for him. And then as the season went on, um, there was nothing coming forward because Luke had had a hamstring injury. Um, I think people, and the wages he was on at the time, because he was on a lot of money, uh, I think people were a bit reluctant to pay that money if he was going to go into league without seeing him play some games. So we had an opportunity to to bring him in, to, to get training with us, to have a little look at him ourselves. And if something happened with another club, then we knew we couldn't compete with that. But as time went on, um, we'd offered him something to get him fit, to put him back in the shop window, to get him playing games again, to get people to see that actually Luke's still Luke. Uh, and he's only a young lad still. And if you've got an opportunity like that, then you would take it. As Mark said, it's, it's a right deal for the club. It's, it's right for the player right now. And it's something that he's had nothing to do with him being, being a friend or being ex-Borough. It was due to the fact that he's a bloody good football player. And he will be, I'm, I'm convinced he'll be the best player in this league by a mile. Um, so when we signed him, we were, we were buzzing. We were really buzzing. And it was a Friday, wasn't it? You were playing Dagenham away. He was in the squad for that. Like you say, I've been trained for the three weeks and um, Peter Chiosso just clipped him a little bit on his knee. And was that another booking for Peter? Well, well it was. <laughs> he's, he's still paying for that. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then obviously from that, we, he's had to have a little operation, which wasn't anything. He's had the operation done. Um, and then the staple that they put in, which is a routine thing, slipped. So again, no fault of Luke's. Um, he's had to go in and have it redone. He's had a different procedure now. He's had something called an anchor in his in his knee, which sounds a lot, but it isn't. It's again, it's a routine thing, and he'll be back in another 
four to six weeks, only four weeks roughly. Yeah. How, fr- how frustrating has it been watching a player of his calibre not being able to, you know, impact on the team? Oh, it's massive. You know, I, I think I look at it from a different point of view because I had injuries myself and I feel for the kid really more than anything. You know, he's he's had injuries in, in his past and he's, this injury is completely fresh. Nothing that he's done before. Um, just completely innocuous in the train I think you were there the day, on the day weren't you when he did it and he actually finished the, finished the training session and you know he's just been very very unlucky with it with, the, with his operation the, the Craig had the state of moving um, and then having to go back in last week uh, to get it fixed to get another procedure done um, and look we, we as a club we need to be behind him we are I am Craig is Mark's next to me we all are behind him we know that when he's fit he will be a massive massive huge huge player for us Um it's just about supporting him really mentally more than anything because he, he, you know, it's, well, it's hard for the kid as well. Regardless what anyone says, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're in, you want to do your job that you're paid, paid to do. And I don't care what anyone says, people will say, well, he's picking the next amount of money up and this and that, and uh, he's sat on the treatment table. But he doesn't want to be, that's the, that's the bottom line. He, wants to, he loves playing football, the lad, and um, he wants to play, he wants to be out there, and it's frustrating for him. Do, do we make sure he's looked after like that, you know, psychologically as well? You know, if he is frustrated like that, do we? Yeah, I mean, look, he's made, his, his first point of call is, is the physio, Phil. Um, but he's always at the training ground every day. I speak to him every day. The coaches do. We keep a close eye on him. But Luke's been there before. He's, he's not a young young kid anymore. He's been there before with injuries. He, he's he's got back for them before, and he, he's he's mentally able to deal with them. Um, and he's working hard every day, and he's he's doing the right things. And, and we'll have him back sooner rather than later. The other thing is is the the money side of things because all sorts of stupid stuff gets said about what money he's on and what that's going on. I think and listen. Look, the last person I want to compliment is Craig Hignett, but the, to, to be fair to him, um, the, the, the deals that he's done, he's kind of set a wage structure and a, a wage budget and the players that he's got in for significantly less than they were on elsewhere because of the vision that he sold them and, and the principles that sort of going forward for the club has been absolutely unbelievable. He shocked me with it, to be fair. That's the last ever nice thing I'm going to say about him. <laughs> Very harmonious. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But so, so, so it's just rubbish, the stuff that's put there. We've got a wage structure, we've got a, a top level of, of wages and nobody goes beyond that. I think one of the one of them was two grand a week, had it? Two grand a week. Someone had said he was on two grand a week. That'd, that'd get us three players, probably, which is... It'd be a nice position to be at. We're not a Salford who can pay that sort of money out and we, we know we can't, so... We've got to try and be a bit creative with, with what we do, and and we have been, and it's you know testament to Matty as well because he's he's had a lot to do with the signings. Um, all right, all, you're glorying it now. You're glorying they're, all, <laughs> they're all people who he wanted. So what I'm trying to say is we don't sign players that, that he doesn't want, and we never would. He has total say in, in who comes to the club. Do that. Oh, <laughs> you're asking the right person. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Not for the second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, given the fact we are spending two grand a week on players, um, <laughs> probably useful. That the other myth that I, I mean, it, probably a myth. Is it a myth? The Hartlepool Mail went to print on Saturday morning before the Jaleen game, saying that we were in line for a cash windfall regardless of whether we beat Gillingham or not, which is a little bit misleading, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Can you tell (laughs) (laughs) me? Right, moving on. (laughs) No, listen, it's 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 straightforward. The, the the, The way the FA Cup works is that there's prize money for each round so I think it was 25 grand for the 25 grand for the first round that we won, 36 for the next. If we were to progress, um, both teams get that. Um, oh, sorry, that's per, per winner, as it were. And then there's a share of the gate. So 
you take all of the costs of the, the other team's travel um, plus the stewarding and match day costs and split the gate 50-50 beyond that um, and then it's kind of winner takes all after that so that's just the way it is um, so uh, if you get on TV both both clubs get an equal share of that um, but unfortunately there's nothing in it for, for drawing or, or losing a football match so I'll be sat with my calculator on Wednesday night um, working out the various scenarios according to what the score is at the time and I'll be jumping about <laughs> I mean, to say a cash windfall if you yeah. didn't beat Gillingham what? so off the top of your head Mark because I know you're good at stuff like this roughly with a 2,000 crowd that was there what, what do you think we'd have realistically aimed from that game well probably two and a half to three thousand mm. pounds I'd imagine yeah so is that a windfall I don't think so is it Luke Williams wouldn't say so no no is it <laughs> only pays a week for Luke <laughs> <laughs> and, and the final one I mean, do we want to cover this but do we want to cover this yeah yeah, yeah. of course we do yeah, we um, and the, the final one I guess is the, uh, the, the, the the one thread I read last week um, a few people have mentioned to me as well before I saw it was the post on one of the forums saying that we had the highest staff budget in this league or the league above <laughs> Um you know all these fancy cars in the car park and, and salaries going through the roof and I don't think like. they had anything to do with what people have done <laughs> now I think the cars are probably what people have done in the past yeah um, so I mean staff wise I think we're I mean you'd know more than me because you've structured it all but the the staff we've got no I, th- I think there's some there's, there's some really there's some sort stretch. of and, and it's listen people have, have got the right to express opinion and it's just frustrating that after you lose lose a game 4-0 and we're all as disappointed as each other but lots of stuff comes out about the reason for that is that we've got two in the media department and we've got yeah. we've got a stadium manager That's and then a bit the, 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 there's the, only one to be the reality is that that you know from a from a staffing from an admin point of view I, I came in in may time did a complete review of where we were in the staffing structure People's jobs were under threat at that stage. Um, we needed to look at making sure that we looked after the chairman's investment properly and that we had a business plan, which meant that the club was sustainable at this level and look at all of the eventualities of getting promoted, not getting promoted next year and have a plan in, in place. And and we've, we've made some cost savings along the way, but we've got a staff structure which we believe can deliver and are delivering um, plenty of return for the, the football club giving a platform which gives us the opportunity to build something which takes us back to hopefully eventually getting promoted back to the Football League um, and are efficient in doing so and it's, it's a bit insulting to the staff involved um, and to the to the chairman thinking that he's stupid enough to throw loads of money at stuff without thinking well is it being used wisely um, because we we are open and honest and we challenge each other every single day whether that be the staff in the offices talking about how we can be more efficient whether that be the chairman at board meetings making sure that we're performing against the budget that we've set so it's um, it's a properly run business and we've got loads and loads of mess to clear up from from the the history of the club but I'll repeat as many times as as I can that when I came through the door that the key thing was that there was a group of staff working here who were so angry about the excess, are so angry about the wastage in, in recent years and were so desperate to run the, the football club on, in the proper way because they love the football club, they want it to be efficient, they want it to be in the football league and they want to help take it there. That it's a, it's a massive insult to that and the work they've done to suggest anything otherwise. And I, I'm 
we'll constantly review and constantly look at how we can be better at doing things. But honestly, the business is being run in exactly the right way, both on and off the pitch. And I think that's really important for people to know. And, and anything to the contrary is just rubbish. Brilliant. Well, that brings us to the end of, I think, our first podcast. Unless anyone's got anything else to get off their chest. Bruno, is there anything to add? <laughs> <laughs> He's quite content under the table there. But yeah, that's the end of the first Hartlepool United podcast. Thanks for your company, gents. And uh, as I say, I'll just repeat the email address again. It's media at hartlepoolunited.co.uk. If you want to get in touch, if you've got any questions to ask, if you've got a moment of near brilliance you want to share with us or a, or a myth you want busting, then uh, get in touch uh, and we'll uh, look at it on the next uh, podcast, the next Hartlepool United podcast. But to Craig, to Matty, to Mark, thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Thank Cheers. All that. <laughs> <laughs>